Welcome back on Back to Church Sunday. For those of you who come back for the first time or those of you watching online, and our theme this year is, is hope is here. Hope is here. Hope is where? Hope is in the church. You see, we're in the middle of this COVID pandemic, and in the middle of that pandemic, we're, we're experiencing another epidemic, which is a, a widespread life-threatening issue. And we're experiencing an epidemic of hopelessness. It's life-threatening because hopelessness drains the life out of people, drains the vision out of people, drains, drains their drive and motivation. And so many people have lost hope in this world getting better. They lost hope in the ability of government to govern. They've lost hope in the ability of people to, to get along these days. They've lost hope for a better future. In fact, it's sad to me, but I know young people uh, who are seriously considering not having children. They've said this to me. I don't know that I want to bring children into this world. What's this world going to be? The way it's going, and they've really talked about that, and it's sad to me that people are even considering that uh, because they have no hope. And what's even sadder is the rate of, of addiction and suicide are increasing exponentially because of hopelessness. You know, it, it's interesting, for, for all through history, the, the life expectancy, the average life expectancy of Americans has, has risen every year for history until the last couple of years. Now, this last year is mainly COVID-oriented. Uh, but the year before that and the, the, the two years before that, the life expectancy went down. Now, listen, listen close. It wasn't because of older people dying younger. It was because of young people dying. Young people dying of suicide. Young people dying of drug, overdose, drug overdoses, accidental and intentional. Uh, liver issues and other issues from alcoholism and, and drinking. It, it, it's the, the young people that are dying, and, and it's because they, they are many times hopeless in this world. And when you have no hope, you turn to all these other things that try to fill this emptiness and this void in your life. And, and when you see everything falling apart around you, it's, it, it's, it's hard to have hope. But, but the more we see the world falling apart around us, the more we must believe that Jesus Christ is the hope the only hope for this world. And because he is hope, we can offer the world hope. Listen, governments are not going to really offer you any hope. Businesses can't give you much hope. Entertainers can offer you some false hope. But the church, even with all its flaws, has hope to give. Listen, after Jesus finished his work on earth, before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, this is called the Great Commission. It's the commission he gave his church. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's, that's one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples. Here's the plan. I'm entrusting the plan to you. And I can kind of imagine in my sanctified imagination of Jesus when he ascended into heaven being greeted by angels and, and just, you know, the, just the awesome majesty of Christ. And then, and then them asking him, okay, uh, you've died, you've resurrected, you've ascended to heaven. What's your plan now? And Jesus points down to Jerusalem and says, see down there, see that 
that group of disciples. And the angels say, you mean that small group of people gathered together in that upper room? And, and Jesus said, yes. And Jesus said, they're my plan. And I can see the angels saying, do you have a backup plan? Is there a plan B? And Jesus would say, no, there is no backup plan. There is no plan B. That's my whole plan. The church, us, we are his plan to reach this world. He made it abundantly clear that we are his plan. There is no plan B. There is no other army coming along to help us. There is no substitute. In fact, in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. In no uncertain terms, Jesus made it clear that his church will be able to withstand any force that comes against it. And that has been true throughout history. Many people have tried to attack the church. Many people, many leaders have tried to end the church, destroy the church, tear it apart. But here we stand, thousands of years later, billions of people around this planet believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes people think, well, church, church, Christians, church really has nothing much to offer the world. And it's so amazing when they think that, think that because uh, they, they tend to maybe look at the, only the impact of one local church or something. They don't see the whole universal church and what it's doing around the world. They don't realize that, that the universal church around the world, listen to me, is doing more to help people than every other government and organization combined. Most of the major universities in the United States, but I'm talking Harvard, Princeton, all those universities, were started as Christian universities. Education came through Christians who wanted to help people learn. Hospitals were started by Christians. Think of the hospitals you go to, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, St. Paul's Catholic. I mean, they were started by, by churches to, to, to help people. Uh, orphanages, missions around the world, feeding programs, helping people, helping the homeless, uh, Disaster relief. Who goes? Red Cross. Yes. Helping homeless people and, and people with addictions. Who helps? Salvation Army. Think about started by people in the church and the church is helping more people around the world than anybody else combined and even in this local church you've seen today we're helping feed and clothe and educate people around the world feeding the homeless here in Grand Prairie Texas during this pandemic uh, we've been able to meet the financial needs of every single church member who's ever asked us for help during this time we've been able to do that because you have given to that all of that, the hope we bring people is really not just based on what we can do together as the people of God. The hope we bring to people is not about our strength and our ability. It's about God's strength and God's ability. Even when we feel like we have little to offer, we have Jesus. And Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is the hope of the world, the only hope of the world. And because we have Jesus and we offer Jesus to people, the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. That's because we are the only people who have hope for now and hope for eternity. First yes. Peter 1.3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, in his mercy, he has given us new birth 
We've been born again. We have been born again. Not because we're good enough. Not because we're so great. Not because we're so lovable. Because God is so merciful. God is so gracious. He's given us a new birth, new life, brand new life. And he birthed us into a living hope. Listen to that. A new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through Jesus Christ, we have hope that lasts forever. It does not come and go because it is not based on circumstances. It's based on the cross. It's based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's based on the word of God. And as believers, one of our distinctive characteristics should be hope. We should be the most hopeful people on the planet. That's because when we really trust in God, listen, when we really trust in God, he fills us with hope. Listen to Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we trust in God, we're filled with hope. Notice this, as you trust him. If you don't trust in God, you will not be filled with hope. <clears throat> Chances are when you lose hope, you've lost confidence and trust in God. But when you trust in him, you are filled with hope. And when you're filled with his spirit, it says here, you have hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you're truly filled with the spirit, it's not just about the gifts of the spirit. You are filled with overflowing hope. And if you've lost your hope, don't seek hope. Seek a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill me afresh? Would you fill me again? God, fill me with your spirit. We have hope as a church because we have faith in Christ. The church has hope because we have the power of the spirit. The church has hope because of the word of God. Amen. Listen to Romans 15, 4. Everything that was written in the past, talking about the word of God, was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You have hope by having faith in Christ. You have hope when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have hope when you're in the Word of God, trusting Him, feeding on the Word, learning the Word. God, as you're in the Word, I mean, you've had this. You know you've had this before. You're reading the Bible, and you're just kind of in your daily Bible, and you read, yeah, 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 yeah. And boom, this verse jumps out at you. This verse is alive to you all of a sudden. It just leaps up at you like, and it gives you a fresh word and it gives you a, a fresh hope. It gives you fresh faith. That's the power of the, the word of God. You also receive hope by praying for it. Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. You ought to turn to this passage, mark this passage, and pray this for yourself every day. I pray that your heart may be enlightened. You can, you can pray, Lord, I pray that my heart the eyes of my heart may be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which we are called, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Yes. Jesus is in authority. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is in control in this age and in the age to come. That's how we can have hope now and in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the benefit of the church. 
and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with. This is what we should all be praying. God, open my eyes. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. God, may I fully know the hope of my calling. Lord, may I fully understand hope to which you've called me to. May I understand the riches that I have in Christ and the riches that are in your word. Lord, may I under, fully understand the power of, of, your, of your Holy Spirit. May I truly understand that all things are under your feet. May I truly understand that you are the head, you are the Lord, you are the sovereign God whom I serve and who I submit to, and we are the body of Christ. God, give us understanding of that. He is the head and we're the body. What does it mean we're the body of the Christ? We're the body of Christ. I want to look at that, but first I want to share, you, I, I share with you, I feel led this week, felt led this week to, to do a study on the names of the church. I had never really done that. I mean, there are local churches in the, in the New Testament, and they are the church at Ephesus, the church at Thessalonica, the church at Colossae, the church at Philippi. Those were local churches, but names of the universal church, and there was about 50 of them, and I don't have time to mention them all, but their names like the Assembly of the Saints, the Body of Christ, the Bride of Christ, the Church of God, the City of God, the Family of God, the Flock of God, the House of God, the People of God. And I felt led in, to preach this week on three of those names, three of those names of the church, to show why the church is the hope of the world. You with me? Yes. All right, number one. The church is the hope of the world because we are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. What does that mean? Well, when Jesus was born, the Bible says when he was literally born on earth, he took on a, a, a physical body through which he demonstrated his love, his grace, his truth, the power of God. But after he died, he resurrected and he ascended bodily into heaven. And now he continues the same work on earth, demonstrating the love, the grace, the truth, the power of God. But now he does it through the, those, through us, through those who believe in him. The church now functions as the body of Christ. He is the head, but we are his hands. We are his feet. He told us to go. He's not going anymore. We're going. He's going with us. He's going in us. He's operating through us. But he told us to go. We, we are his mouthpiece. We're the one who speak his word today. We share his truth with our words and with our actions. And the church, as the body of Christ, is the physical representation of Christ to the world today. The church is the way that Jesus manifests his life, his power, his grace, his mercy, his truth to the world today. Listen to 1 John 4, 17. It says, love has been perfected in us because as he is, Jesus, so are we in this world. When Jesus was alive on this planet, people believed in him because of what he said and what he did. And now they either believe or don't believe based on what we say and what we do. You're the only Jesus that some people will ever see. That's why the way we live is so important. That's why we need to be people of hope. Amen. Ephesians 2.12 talks about people who are without hope and without God in this world. Listen, those two things always go together. If you're without God, you're without hope. If you're without God, what are you going to put your hope in? A president? A, a government? A company? An entertainer? A lot of people trust in an entertainer. What, what are you going to put your, your hope in? 
If you're without God in this world, you're without hope. And people today are desperate for hope, and they're looking for hope for everywhere except in the right place, the church, the place of hope. But when they do turn to us, we must be ready for them. Listen to me, church. We must be ready. And in fact, they will not turn to us if we're not already ready. What I mean by that is they will not turn to us if we don't already have hope. Answer to everyone who asked you to give the reason for the hope you have. This is sharing your faith. It's not just about you knocking on the door of a stranger and sharing your faith, and, and I believe in that, and we do that. And we've had many people come to the Lord through that. But what he's talking about here is you living your life in such a way that people come to you. Come on, listen to me. When's the last time somebody asked you, why are you so full of hope? According to the Bible, you need to be ready to answer everyone who asked you. That's multiple people. Have you had one ask you? Has anybody asked you, why do you have so much hope in this world of despair? Why are you so loving in this world that's so full of hate? Why are you so kind in this world that's so mean? Why are you so joyful in this world that's so, so sad? What is different about you? Most of us are never asked these questions because we're not all that different from the world. Instead, we have the same fears, we have the same sadness, we, we have the same hopelessness. My brothers and my sisters, this should not be, this must not be, this cannot be. We must be people of hope, of all people. And the church needs to be able to say to people, we have the answer for your hopelessness. Hope is here in the church because Jesus is here, his word is here, his presence is here, his spirit is here, his power is here. That's why I hate it when people, when believers think they can make it without church in their lives. I'm about to stop preaching and start meddling here for a moment. <laughs> but let me tell you, when people get disconnected from the body of Christ, they tend to become hopeless. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Listen, listen to the whole context of this passage. Hold unswervingly to the hope you profess. For he who promised is faithful. Listen, here's how we do it. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Here's how we do it. Let us not give up meeting together as some is in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. It's the day of the Lord. It's the end time. It's the signs of the times. It's times getting worse on the planet, but we know that Jesus is coming back, so we are, we are full of hope. And one of the sad consequences of COVID is that some people have become disconnected to the church. I understand some people, for health reasons, have had to be that way. I, I get that. But there are others who have just given up on meeting together, forsaking the assembling of, of ourselves together. Forsaking means to totally abandon meeting together. They're totally out of the habit of meeting together. And now their habit is to not meet together. 
by the way, listen, it doesn't usually happen, boom, immediately like that. One day I'm in church, I'm there every week, I'm worshiping, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm ministry, and, and the next week I'll, I'm not there and I'm not there anymore. That's, that's not the way it happens. It starts by occasional laying out of church. Now, I'm not talking about you're sick, you're out of town, that kind of thing. I get that. But I've told you, I've told you before, I'm preaching for somebody who was not always a preacher all my life. I had a job, I had worked, I raised kids before I was ever a pastor, and we went to church. I can't think of ten times in my life uh, that I, I didn't go to church on a Sunday. My sister's right here, she can attest to that. We grew up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings, choir practice, visitation, M night, whatever that was. Uh, every time the church was open, we were there. But still, I can say, after all that, after 66 years of that, I can say with the psalmist, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm happy, I'm glad, I'm excited for Sunday, I'm happy to go, I'm happy to be here, I'm not dreading it, I, I, I have expectation, I have anticipation, I don't have to make myself go, my wife doesn't say, come on Joe, you need to go, you're the pastor, you gotta preach, come on, you can make it buddy. I, I, I love it. I, 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 I want to be here. But what happens is people gradually, gradually, like, okay, let's just, let's just, let's just take a Sunday off. And that one Sunday can become two. And then that two all of a sudden becomes three. And before you know it, where you used to be a regular attender, now you're regularly not attending. And, then, and where you occasionally miss, now you're occasionally going. And then before you know it, you're just not going. You have forsaken, forsaken the assembling of yourself together. So you miss out on the encouragement. You miss out on the being built up you together. You miss out on the prophetic words. You miss out on, on, on the preaching. And you start, start to lose hope because you don't have the power of the body of Christ spurring you on in your faith. You lose the encouragement that the church provides, the, what worship provides, what hearing the word provides, what, what being connected to one another provides. And not only, is, so not only is the church the hope of the world, it's the hope for believers. We've got to be the first ones to receive it. And the main way we receive hope from God is through each other. The church is the hope of the world, but we can only give that hope when we have hope. Secondly, the church is the hope of the world because we're the house of God. The building is where the church meets. It's not the church. The church is the called out assembly of people gathered together to live our lives together and support each other on this journey. We gather, when we gather together to bear one, another burdens, one another's burdens, we find hope. When we pray together, we find hope. When we worship together, we find hope. And that hope empowers us to overcome anything life throws us. And we can only give the world hope when we have hope. That's why Hebrews 3, 4, and 6 says, every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house and we are God's house listen if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ here's a key to being the house of God Ephesians 2 19 through 22 you're no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitly joined together 
being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are, you are, we are, the church is being built together for a dwelling place, a habitation for God's presence in the Spirit here on earth. The church is a habitation for the presence of God. Yes, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But Jesus said, when two or three of you gather in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Evidently, there's a manifestation of God's presence that we get into in corporate uh, meetings that's different from omnipresence, different from our personal quiet time. So the church is the hope of the world because God's presence is here. God's power is here. Hope is here because God is here. There's power in the praises of God's people. We saw that this morning. There's power in praise. There's power in the prayers of God, God's people. Prayer is one of the most powerful things we can do for, as a church. And when Christians gather together to pray for individuals, to pray for cities, to pray for our nation, to pray for the world, God shows up. And when God shows up, hope shows up. And lastly, the church is the hope of the world because we have God's truth. That's one of our primary focuses. We saw it. Jesus said, take my truth to the world. I started off this message with that. Take the truth of God's word. Take the truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross. He died. He was buried. He was resurrected. That's something the world needs to hear. And they're only going to need to hear. They only hear it through us. Listen to 1 Timothy 3.15. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. Three names for the church there. The house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground, the King James says, the pillar and ground or foundation of the truth. The church is the hope of the world because we have a foundation that we can build on that is sure. If you build on the world's truth, your life will fall apart. And we see people all around us doing that. When we build on man's truth, everything falls apart. When we believe in God's truth and build on that, our, our, our house will stand when the storms come. But people all around us are falling apart. Their marriage is falling apart. Their families is falling apart because they're, building, they're not building their lives on, on truth. And we can help them because we have the truth of God's word throughout history. The church has had the boldest boldness to have truth and have hope in times of trouble. And it all goes back to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When things looked darkest for Jesus, after he had hung on the cross, after he died, he knew it was far from over. He knew that the tomb would not be the end. He knew he would defeat death. He, would know, he knew he would overcome the grave. He knew he would come back to life. And because of that, as dark as it gets in our lives, as much as things may seem to be dead, we have hope because of Jesus. Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, we have hope. The church is the hope of the world. That because we, we, And it's only true when we live like Christ, when we love others unconditionally, when we put others above ourselves, when we serve others in love, when we seek first the kingdom of God, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, when we preach the whole counsel of God, when we speak the truth of, of, in love, when we're united as a family, when we're characterized by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that we have those things. We can offer them to the world. Look in the Bible. People always came to Jesus for hope. They always came to him because they knew he had hope. Listen, he is still here. He is in us and he is with us. So people should come to us because when Jesus is here, hope is here. People need to know that. Jesus is here, so hope is here. Yes, there's a pandemic. Yes, people are dying, but hope is here because the great physician is here. 
Yes, tough financial times are here, but hope is here because Jehovah Jireh, our provider, is here. Yes, there's division in our nation, but hope is here because in Christ we are all one. Yes, wickedness is abundant, is abundant, but hope is here because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Yes, relationships are difficult these days, but hope is here because Jesus can break down the walls that are between us. Yes, people are grieving the loss of loved ones, but hope is here because the Bible says that when believers grieve, we do not grieve like those who have no hope. We have the hope of Jesus Christ being with us here now, and we have the hope of being with him forever. We have the hope of going to a place where there's no pain and there's no tears, only the joy of being with him in heaven forever. So if, if you find yourself without hope today, let me tell you, you might be in circumstances beyond your control. You might be in situations you're responsible for. But look, I want to offer you hope today. Hope for your today, hope for tomorrow, hope for your future, hope for a fresh start, hope for peace, hope for, for rest. And that hope is only found in Jesus. And I want to lead you in a prayer today. If you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never been born again, if you're, if you're just struggling in life and you never can get any hope because you, you, you don't have anything real to build your life on, you've tried this and you've tried that and nothing has worked. Listen, listen to me. Jesus is your only hope. He is the only way. He is the truth. And if you would just bow your head, and I'm going to ask you all to pray after me out loud, if you don't mind, just for the sake of those who are doing it for the first time. If you just pray after me, dear Lord, I need hope. I need a new life. I need help. I've tried it my way, and it hasn't worked. Forgive me for my sin. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my sin and he rose again and I ask him I ask you Lord come into my heart come into my life forgive me save me give me a new life I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord my Savior and my hope in Jesus name now just keep your head bowed. And if you pray that prayer today and you've asked the Lord into your life, if you've asked for his hope, just raise your hand real quick all over. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Hallelujah. Church, let's thank the Lord for all these folks who said. I'm receiving the hope of the Lord in my life. Fresh start, new life, peace with Christ. That is so awesome. That's what it's all about. Hey, I love you so much. Thanks for y'all watching online. I know that some of you couldn't be here. Thanks so much. Join us again. Hope to see you back here uh, next Sunday. Uh,